Seabum's baby comes out holding Vial of Tren. Already got Tren injected into its system right off the bat. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's Seabum's plug. It's <laughs> yeah. It's just, that's, that's just that's where he gets the stuff. That's his he his semen just has like Tren built into it. It's a release <laughs> mechanism. That's the one. That's the one drug he says he won't touch though. He's definitely touched yeah. it at some point. Well, I feel like he touched it like once early on and had like just bad, like just didn't like it very much. And because of that, now holds his opinion of, you know, never touching it again. Yeah. I mean, it. everybody reacts to it, you know, differently. The side effects are, are drastically different. It's all a lot of the side effects are mental. There's a lot of physical ones, too, mm. but there are a lot of mental side effects and the side effects that affect guy to guy are very, very different. Um, I was going to say, I, I, I got a, uh, in my stream yesterday, I was uh, asked about roids and the, the question was posed so poorly that I had to just pause for a sec, but they, uh, they said, I, I heard all roids do, they used uh, like R O I D S roids. <laughs> all yeah. roids do is help with recovery. And I was like, all right, we got a lot to unpack here. I mean, <laughs> basically, <laughs> Like, in a very dumbed-down sense, yes. I, I was going to say, if you and my initial response was like, in the most generalized, like, just no information looked into sense, and just like, again, generalizing every compound, sure. But that's also the furthest thing from it. So <clears throat> it was, yeah, it was an interesting conversation. Yeah, fundamentally, that's basically all it does how it does it with the food you intake, the way you train, um, how you're like, how it actually does it as far as like, uh, um, like your goal is essentially like you take certain things for certain results. Um, but really at the end of the day, yeah, basically it just results in recovery. Um, which just means that you build muscle cells faster. Um, well really a lot of times it's muscle density to ultimately. So if you really want to get technical about it, Technically, what steroids do, anabolics do that are based off of testosterone, which is most of them. Before you get into this, I need you to put your uh, Coach Greg voice on. (laughs) Show? No! (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing thing I could imagine saying is, no! Steroids are not just for recovery. (laughs) (laughs) Are you dumb? (laughs) Are you dumb, (laughs) stupid, or dumb? But then when he's in person, he's just like, yeah, this is my actual voice, you know. I'm just <laughs> yeah. I'm a normal guy. <laughs> I'm pretty normal, kind of short. But then when I'm behind the camera in my own house, no! Um, but yeah, so if you really want to get technical about it, anything that's uh, derivative of testosterone, which is most, what, most of what people call steroids is derivative of testosterone. But then you do have alpha 9 which is like... Uh, like Trent is one of them. That's why Trent is so so different from um, everything else. Um, let me look up. There's only one other one. I always forget what it fucking is. Um, so let me see. Okay, that is not what I wanted at all. All right, here it is. Um, yeah, so 19 nor testosterone. Um, it's I would argue it's not necessarily a full testosterone derivative. Um, a DHT and a straight testosterone derivative derivative. Yes. Trestolone. So it's meant, meant 
trust alone. Um, what, what a lot of people argue or is under the 19 nor testosterone derivative side, which I also call alpha nine nor um, alpha being one. So just alpha nine nor people say 19 nor depends. But point is, everything's basically what you consider a steroid is essentially derivative of testosterone. Some are direct, some are indirect. But so the way it works, right, is a lot of time, if you really want to get like generalized with the technical side of things is that steroids, they uh, essentially help with recovery and they increase muscle density. But then you have something like growth hormone. Growth hormone is the opposite. It's it doesn't help with density, it helps with actual muscle cell increase. So like you actually increase the amount of muscle cells that are in your body. That's why uh, it takes so long to run a cycle of GH. You, roughly, it's about six months usually at least for, for a GH cycle. Um, and you don't really see the results towards the end of the six months um, because your body's building those muscle cells over time. But when you do run that, so like essentially you run it for six months and then six months after is actually all of your results. It's really weird how it's so prolonged, but basically, um, if you look at anybody who's, who didn't take GH and then after they took GH, like the year after they took GH, completely different fucking physique, like completely different. Uh, it'll literally, it'll literally take you to the next level. Granted, it's extremely expensive. GH is arguably one of the most expensive, um, I wouldn't really even call it a steroid, but um, one of the most expensive, uh, you know, underground supplements that you can get out there uh, for that reason. Um, and it's very hard to create. So it's very expensive. I mean, you can get like, I want to say like 100 IUs. I'm trying to remember what the price was. I think like 100 IUs is like 350 bucks. And a lot of guys go through that in like less than a month. Um, so it's very, very expensive. Uh, a lot of guys, they'll like save up over time, buy a bunch at once, let it sit and then use it as needed. Um, you know, they'll save up a couple grand, drop all of it at once. And then, you know, their physique is essentially turns it, you know, changed, um, at the end of it. But yeah, so that's, that's my little spiel on the technical side of things. You really want to look at it that way, but that's why people take GH alongside other steroids because it does something completely different. Yeah. Well, for context, that conversation was also followed by, yeah, you know, I've been dabbling with pre and post workouts. And I was like, oh boy. All right. Does, how old is he? <laughs> I, there's no way to tell that. It's, it's just comments coming through. But I was like, there's like three things that you're completely fine taking. One is a pre-workout, like obviously in moderation. Two is yeah. creatine and three is your BCAs or protein or whatever you're taking post-workout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of people compare it. You know, they're like, Oh, like what's, what's the next step after creatine steroids? I'm going to, I'm going to huff glutamine. <laughs> glutamine. going to get it from my guy. I got to I know a guy that can my give, guy, me, yeah. give me plenty it's... of uh, glutamine. My guy is Gail Lewis, 844, Illinois, Walmart. <laughs> the Walmart OG. The Walmart OG. Walmart will never be the same without her. We um, need to figure out what her cycle is because her, her physique is just crazy. So It's godly, yeah. dude. She's probably taking everything under the sun. You name it, she's taking it. That's probably her cycle. Well, how, oh, uh, females, how much steroids though. is Gail on? Uh, yeah. Yes. 
That's how much she's on. Yes. Um, yeah. Speaking of females, go ahead. Bullshit. I was going to say baby bum. Baby bum, baby bum will yeah. not have the uh, male physique title, but rather instead will transition and then get the male physique title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I imagine. I already got the genetics for it. She's going to be the, if she wanted to, she could probably be like the biggest fucking lady up there. She's going to bring back women's bodybuilding. Seabum's fiance is also, is, isn't isn't she in, the, she, in bodybuilding too? Or no, no, she's eat? just very... She's no, I think she I, I feel like weeks. she's just big into like nutrition and fitness and all that. Uh, let me look up. Well, it's not his wife, it's his like girlfriend, fiance. I, well, I guess. that, yeah, that's why I said fiance. Yeah, yeah I, I typed wife, that's why I was correcting myself. Um, she, who is it? Uh, what's her name? I'm forgetting. Well, see, this is the thing with fame. If you ever date a famous person, you will always just be known as so and so's, you know, partner or whatever. Right, like, right. This is fi- this is Seabum's fiance or soon to be Seabum's wife. I don't know many people who know who Seabum is who is going to know what her name is too. Courtney King, duh. Um, I thought you were about to say Courtney Cox, like the uh, the actress from Friends. <laughs> nope. Courtney King, she. Okay, so she does have a... Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure she competes. Yeah, so she mm. has competed uh, throughout the most of the 2010s. She saw significant success at that time. Um, yeah, so she got her pro card in 2013 in bikini and qualified for that year's Bikini Olympia. Um, let me see. Three, so 2016, she won her first and only Bikini Olympia championship. And she defeated the then three-time champion, Kaltwasser, to get there. So she has won the Olympia, just in bikini. Um, wow. Good she stopped her. competing in 2017. So, yeah, I, I thought she was pro. I thought she was pro. I didn't know she won the Olympia. Um, yeah, I'd be willing Olympia, to bet but... that, you know, how you're on a, a fertility, like, off of all of, you know, your cycle and and everything i'd be willing yeah. to bet that her stopping her her competitive you know bodybuilding in 2017 is like in preparation for now so like a much longer process i mean i think here's here's my thing i think this is the difference probably between courtney and Mum is that uh courtney accomplished what she wanted to accomplish and was like, you know what? It's it's too detri- too detrimental to my body. I I won the Olympia. I can say I'm a, I guess like a Miss Olympia. Um, so that's what I wanted to do, and I'm I'm okay with calling it now. And she's still, you know, she still trains. You know, that's oh, yeah. that's part of like, you know, any bodybuilder is that training is part of your life. It's part of your, it's the lifestyle. You know, it's you're always going to be on a meal plan. You're always going to be part of you know. You're always going to be training. It's just part of life i think you know when i'm done bodybuilding one day you know 10 to 15 years from now i'll probably do what i do now which is like a two-on-one-off kind of thing like i might do like um monday tuesday thursday friday um on and then maybe either like a saturday or sunday whatever day i'm free um it's probably what i'll end up doing but uh so for her i think that she's just like you know what i'm, I'm happy with my success and I, I think i'm just gonna call it here and i mean because like they haven't been trying for baby forever you know and 
Um, I'm not sure how long they've been together for. Um, let me see. Well, they have to have been yeah, together 2018. for a while. It was, it was, I thought it was yeah, her brother that that got Seabum into uh, bodybuilding. Is I thought that uh, was... Uh, no. Ian, no, no, it was his sister's boyfriend. sister. Yeah, That's yeah what so it was is. the opposite. So his up. sister's boyfriend said, dude, you have the genetics to be a good bodybuilder and brought him up through that way. That's Ian Bayer. Um, and he's married to, uh, I forget her name, um, something Bumstead. They still kept her last name. Um, but yeah, that's how that happened, which is crazy to think. It's like, dude, Ian clearly has an eye for it. Like, it's, it's weird. Like, like Ronnie Coleman's like trainer did the same thing. He's like, dude, I'll give you free membership if you come train. And that's the yeah. reason why he, he trained was because of the free membership, you know? And, uh, so some guys just have an eye for it, you know? Um, but yeah, that's, that's how it worked for them. So I think that that's ultimately the Courtney's reason why she was just successful enough and she didn't want to keep putting on that stress on her body. But Chris is very much the opposite. He's very like, I'm going to go until my body can't do it anymore. Like Ronnie, like, I feel like that's what it's going to end up being. It's going to be, he'll go until he gets dethroned and then he'll call it. Um, I don't, I mean, I, it would be smart if he called it this year. I think that, you know, five Olympias it's five, I think. Right. Yeah. Five. Right. Yeah. 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 So five Olympias. Um, and then also I feel that he did have a little bit of a, like a decrease in quality from this year versus last year. So I think that 2024 would be a smart one to call it. So he could focus on his kid and because by the time she has a kid and he goes to do the Olympia, he's, I mean, he's going to be like fresh and prep, like, like starting prep right at the birth of the baby. So like, that's going to be a rough prep. Also, it's four. It's uh, I I gotta we gotta clarify. It's, oh, it's four. four. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Four is a lot. Most is eight. I mean, they're all tied. A bunch tied for eight. For nineteen, yeah. Well, so that no, he has five. I think that's he has five. Twenty nineteen, mm. twenty twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Okay. Yep. Um. What was I gonna say? I was gonna say I think I that's know. ultimately where at this point he's won this money i feel like you have to just go for that record nine you know i mean that's you're asking a lot like he's won five and he needs he need to win four more which is a lot i i get you know? that i get that but yeah. at that point like he's sure he'll still go down as probably one of the most aesthetically pleasing men of all time like without yeah. question um but i think just for personal, you know, props. I don't know if you can stop, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, he's got the competitive nature in his system and he's got the new genetics for it. Who knows? I mean, maybe he, his physique will just age like fine wine, you know, like he's what he's, uh, 28, I guess he was born in 1995. So he's 28 right now. Um, so he's got the genetics for it and he has the time, you know, 28 years old, he can keep going for a long time. You know, he could go until he's 35 plus most likely. Uh, and he's at the point now where he doesn't really have to add a lot of size. He just really just focuses on conditioning. So he'll focus on a good prep. You know, he takes his time off after the Olympia. He said he takes six weeks off right after the Olympia. 
doesn't train or anything. And then he can just do like a maintenance, slight, slight ish bulk, and then just a prep when he gets ready for the Olympia. You know, he doesn't have to push his body super hard in the off season like all these other guys do who need the size, you know, or he doesn't need to take a year off, nothing like that. You know, he could just stay lean and get ready for the next show. So he's got the time and it makes me feel like a piece of shit because he's 28 and he won his first Olympia at 23. So that's what I want. Where am mine, I at so 25? I won my first wheelchair that that age, so you just gotta, you know. I won at thirteen, before I got into yeah. high school. Been Mr. <laughs> Olivia since I was a teenager. <laughs> Been taking trends since since I came out. <laughs> that was that was my um, initiation to middle school. My my gift for for going into middle school, my first day of class, of school was uh, was trend. No, the bullies That's... took me behind the school and said, either we're going to beat you up or you're going to take whatever Billy has in his hand. <laughs> it was tread. And just like, you just like blow the fuck up in three seconds. <laughs> 10 pounds lean muscle. They're like, you're a genetic god. We worship <laughs> you. It's like uh, one of those uh, videos. They did one on Sam Sulik. Uh, meat, meat, can- uh, meat Cannon or no. There's there's this, um, this YouTube channel that uh, makes these animated videos they're fucking weird and one of them was with sam sulik and he every time he touched someone he'd like blow up that muscle (laughs) and he like turned this guy into like this gigantic seven thousand pound freak of nature that was like just kill me it's so painful (laughs) Uh, it's so weird it's so weird um but yeah that that reminds me of something like that you know you take trend ones you just blow the hell up um, but with, with Seabum's daughter announcement, you know, I mean, congrats to him for, uh, you know, that accomplishment. That's, that's huge. I'm, I'm hoping to be in the same place here soon, but, uh, everybody's talking about, I did see this video that, that was saying exactly what I was thinking. And somebody's like, fucking run it back, run it back. He's gotta have a boy. And I'm like, man, if he, if he ever had a boy, he's just that, that kid is obligated to become a bodybuilder. Like he has to. He if he doesn't, I I don't I don't know what's gonna happen, but he has to. <laughs> well, I was gonna say like, yes, Sebum's physique is a is you know the biggest factor, but an underlying factor is also that he's just like, from an objective standpoint, a very attractive facial like his facial construction is very attractive. So taking it like a, a kid will always be a risk at whether or not that's going to be the same or not. So like you take a look at like the top bodybuilders, like most of them, they, they look decent, you know, even open guys, if they, if their faces aren't all bloated up they they have decent faces, you know? I mean, I guess it depends. Like, I don't think big Rami is a good looking dude. I don't think, uh, okay. That's um, true. Heidi Chupin is, is very attractive at all. Um, there are well, few... beards are in. Be- beards are in. So hotties come. Yeah, I wish that beards would make it make a showing to other divisions too. Because I don't want to shave my beard for men's physique anymore, man. That shit sucks. Yeah, I hate that. It's so dumb. I feel like I should be able to show that off. If I don't got to shave, people if guys don't got to shave their dreads, then they shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to shave my beard, but whatever. Well, there's there's an easy solution to that quadruple your cycle and go to men's open <laughs> <laughs> yeah just just get huge it's simple as that 
You just can't get, get things. Come on, Paul. Diced. <laughs> just eat a lot and then get lean. That's it. It's not hard. Just gain 100 pounds in one year. I'm not asking a lot. But yeah, I mean, it's hopefully, um, you know, obviously, Seabomb's kid can do whatever makes them happy. If she gets into, you know, bikini or whatever, she has genetics for it. You know, her mom's going to be or was a pro bikini competitor. Her dad's arguably the best physique of all time. So she's going to have the genetics for it. It's just whether or not she wants to capitalize on it. I mean, imagine Seabomb, but he started training two years earlier. You know, he started training at 16. Imagine that, you know, um, how, yeah. where would he be today? And that's, that's something I say to myself too, but you can't, you can't beat yourself up over that. But I always imagine sometimes like, what if I started training at 16? Like I did when I was what, 20, something like that. What I if I had say, I didn't, four years? I didn't start like seriously training until I think 22. So yeah, like, I like, I, I mean, I was athletic my whole life and I did the, the, the routines with that, but like serious gym training i didn't start that till i was 22 so i mean and then i won my first wheelchair the the year after but that was that was that was crazy of course yeah. of course it's a fluke <laughs> no but uh i i i wish i i got into it sooner but i also don't know if i would have ended up where i have if i started sooner you know so i mean it's it's a very much of what if scenario and you can't keep beating yourself up over what ifs because they didn't happen. You got what you got and you got to make the most of it. Uh, you know, there's, it's like, it sucks because I'm like, damn, you know, Seabum won his first Olympia at 23, I think it was. What am I doing? But then I'm like looking at these other pros and I was watching the video and this one pro open bodybuilder goes, yeah, I didn't start taking steroids or really taking bodybuilding seriously until I was 28. I was like, all right. I mean, you you've know. got a clock. Like, like you're you're good until like, I don't know, late thirties, like maybe early forties yeah. at the most. But you've got like a good fifteen years on top of where we are right now. So yeah, and I mean, you know, male prime is like twenty eight to thirty two. You know, that's what they say. Like that's like the male physical prime. So you know, come twenty eight, who knows? Like I could. Hopefully my physique just gets better and better. And then 28, it just really takes a turn and it gets to the point where I'm like, okay, now I can like really compete at pro level, but mm. we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, my coach, I think got pro at 31 or 32, I believe something like that. Um, so it's, you know, time is very subjective. You know, he, Chris might retire by the time he's 30, but then there's other guys who really like hit pro at 30 and keep competing until they're 40. It all just depends, you know, it just depends on your body, depends on your mind, your genetics. And something I've always said and that I live by is you want to die young as late as possible. Uh, so you want to die with a young mindset and, you know, young mind really in general, just as old as you possibly can, you know. So it, it's, you know, the the maturity could also be a big difference. You know, C-Bomb might only be able to compete until he's 29. But then, you know, other guys fill out when they're 29 and they compete until they're 39. It all just depends on however you want to look at it. So um, you got, I try not to beat myself up, up over it, but it's hard not to mm. when, you know. 
Well, the question you have to ask is, will you be able to train at 30? The answer is no! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> only Pilates! <laughs> you gotta, CrossFit the, um... is the only way to survive. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my delts. Pilates. <laughs> I remember one of my favorite videos from him was um, when he's bashing, uh, I guess Chef Rush, I think his name was, or something. The guy, the, sh the Chef the Roy. Chef for the uh for the white house oh never mind i thought there's a there's a gym influencer with the name chef roy oh okay yeah i think it's chef rush or something like that he's a chef in the white house and he um he went viral because he's fucking massive so you know i think it was a uh, men's fitness magazine or whatever did a video on them and uh it was it was like a day in the life of him and he like talked about his food that he like cooks and eats and his training and all of that and it's all fucking bullshit the the mm. timeline doesn't make any sense the food doesn't make any sense the training doesn't make any sense he starts every day with i forget how many like tw almost i think it's almost like 2100 uh push-ups a day it's like the number of like veterans who commit suicide a year or something like that and huh. like he does that many push-ups a day and i'm like my fucking ass dude like so I do the math like it took over an hour to do that many push-ups if you're going like relatively quick it'll take a long ass time to do that and that doesn't um, and factor in day i was gonna say that doesn't even factor in like muscle degradation like you're 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 oh, you're yeah. not gonna be able to keep up that pace of rate or pace of play like for the last i don't know i don't it, like realistically a dude his size, you know, I'd say a couple hundred, right? You, you, I mean, you can't put it much higher without seeing, like, a, a, a slowdown. Like, I would put him at, like, the 1-200 yeah. before you even see slowdown. Like, because... Yeah, so, here we go. It's He says, 2,222 push-ups to honor 22 veterans who, who reportedly died by suicide each day. It takes him about an hour and 15 minutes so he does, he wakes up at 3 a.m. So let me just, let me, here, actually, I'll yeah, just, just share my screen. Go go through the calendar. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me share my screen here. Let's see what we got. I'll just go right through it. All right, here we go. All right, so we got, wakes up at 3 a.m. 24 whole eggs. <laughs> yep, meditates, does that many push-ups, hour and 15 minutes. 24 whole eggs, so two dozen. <laughs> Protein chick with oats, peanut butter and kale, and a few pieces of lean beef. Okay, already overdoing it, but whatever. 11 a.m. lunch. So, like, breakfast is probably, like, what, like 4.30 in the morning? Something like that? Uh, yeah, hour and a half because to, yeah. Hour and 15. We'll just say, like, we'll be, we'll be generous and say 5 o'clock, right? So, we'll say 5 yeah. o'clock. He has his lunch. Two servings of beef with quinoa or whatever. Quinoa, quinoa, it's quinoa. Quinoa. Feta cheese, yeah. cherry tomatoes, lemon pepper, garlic dressing. All right, so kind of like a beef salad. Three three hours later, half a chicken, two to four ounces of steak, white rice. Nah, it's okay. <laughs> Ninety minutes of strength training. So he probably does his strength training at like three p.m. Probably is my guess. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little later. Who knows? <laughs> 6 p.m. dinner, sweet potatoes. I, 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 I looked ahead. 12 a.m. is just too funny. 
<laughs> Whatever's left of the chicken. Yep. <laughs> Broccoli, the other half the chicken. Another protein shake, which also makes no sense because if it's half a chicken and then the other half the chicken, whatever's left of the chicken, there's nothing left. You ate both halves. Yeah. Salmon, kale, tomatoes, balsamic vinegar, olive oil, and black garlic at 8 p.m. 10 p.m. This one has Greek yogurt, oats, quinoa, blueberries, and banana. All right. So just a little protein, like smoothie thing. Whatever's left of the chicken. And then throughout the day, he takes multivitamin zinc. B- magnesium bc and fish oil but let's go ahead and do the math if he wakes up at 3 a.m and goes to eats at 12 a.m how much sleep is he getting every day it, it says right below three hours yeah it says russia um, appears to only sleep three hours a night it's the first line in the uh, yeah, immediate no. takeaways yeah and no. can you scroll back up to the uh to the timeline yeah so He's a White House chef. Mm-hmm. What obviously it's his it's his job to uh, to cook, but the amount of food that is presented right there takes time to eat. You can't just do that. And as a chef, you're not allowed to eat on the line. That's unsanitary. So where does he have time to do his job? <laughs> so here is here is my guess. Let's say this timeline is 100 percent accurate. I would say that's exactly what he does every single day. My guess is he does the push-ups and eats 4.30, 5 o'clock. Then he sleeps another like five to six hours. Mm. That's my guess. He gets in the middle of the day, does all this, eats, goes back to bed for another five to six hours. So total, he, if he does it that way, he could get a total, you know, six to seven of like actually decent sleep. Granted, he is waking up in the middle of it, um, which is not very conducive. It's not very productive it's not a good way of doing it and then let's say he finishes at like 12 20 or something and falls asleep at 12 30 that's like best case scenario he gets in bed immediately after eating and just passes the fuck out we're talking like two to two and a half hours of sleep so yeah so about that but i think also he probably works out let's say like till four o'clock maybe five oh yeah so 90 minutes let's say let's say he starts training at three finishes at 4 30 he probably gets to work for like dinner time, probably like five o'clock or something, and then eats at six while he's working and doesn't finish work until probably like eleven o'clock. That's my guess. Yeah, but my point being, like, you can get away with eating on the line at like a small time restaurant in some in some town, but you're talking about the White yeah. House. You really think they're gonna allow him to eat on the line? I don't see why not. I mean, if you if you listen to what the like presidents saying all that about what it's like to what? for the food and everything. And it, it's, it's a pretty normal like situation. They just order whatever they want. Like they, they say, Hey, I want this. And then they cook it. You know, it's not like, um, you see the, uh, you know, it's not the, like they have to make 3000 meals or something. You see the video of, uh, what his, the, the, the guy's name is like James Cordon Cardon. I don't know what yeah, his name is, yeah. but he goes to the White House with Biden and he goes, what if I want some ice cream? And Biden just reaches over and presses a button on his desk. And James goes, is, mm-hmm. is that ordering ice cream? And Biden goes, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'd love to have an ice cream button. Uh, but yeah, so this is like one of my favorite videos that Greg ever put out was just bashing on this guy for this routine. He, like it doesn't make any sense. And then the problem was 
it's not like Rush came out with this or whatever, uh, and kind of just let it be. Every he kept calling out people who were calling him out and was like calling them bitches and shit. Like he was like talking shit right back to them. Like all they were doing was really kind of pulling this apart. They're like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, there's no way. Like, look at 24 eggs, it counts for 144 grams of protein alone. Like, that doesn't that doesn't even make any sense. Like that that's way too much for one for one meal. No matter what what's... size you are. What what's even crazier if you go down to the next paragraph? The man is an an endurance trainer, a motivational speaker, and a professional ice sculptor. Yeah, throw in throw in just crazy sculpting talent in there, and ice yeah, sculpt not-, not a a you know quick thing like you're like sculpting is something that takes a long time. <laughs> yeah, and motivational speaking, you have to travel and. And you speak for 15, 20, 30 hour, whatever the, the case may be. Uh, like, it, it, none of it makes sense. You know, it, it doesn't, I don't know. I don't agree with any of it. It, it don't make any sense. There's, he can't survive. Like, that amount of sleep, like the three hours of sleep, that doesn't, he can't survive off that. There's no way. And there's, uh, there's right, the second paragraph, last line, they're trying to spin it that knowing someone else who is doing, or sorry, not everyone. In fact, almost no one can do 2,222 pushups in 75 minutes. Knowing someone else is doing them every day though, could provide some inspiration for you to get up your couch and do 22. I don't know how or what (laughs) you make a whole article basically showing this whole thing and how this is not for longevity this is not possible and then you try and spin it and say like well this is motivation for you to do some like i would say it's the opposite knowing someone's doing that would incentivize me not to do anything because that's showing just a destructive pattern (laughs) yeah i mean if if this is if this is true it's very hard on his body and it's very possible because like it's very possible to do this for one day. You could maybe do this for like one day. Like if sure. he's, you know, cause they, cause the, the camera crew are there for one day. They were documenting everything for one day. So you could theoretically do it for one day and be like, Oh, this is my routine, but it's really not actually oh, a routine. The, this was, this was documented. Yeah. This is like, there's a video about it. Um, let me, let me pull up. Let me see. Uh, pull it up, Jamie. Let me see if I could find the exact video. Um, did they take it down? It was men's health. Let me see if I could find the exact video. Um, yeah, I'm not even, I think they might've taken it down. <laughs> because uh, too many people disputed it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like uh, when I search Chef Rush daily routine, all that ever comes up is people picking apart his daily routine. Yeah. It doesn't show the actual routine itself, like the video. Because there was a video. The, the people I'm talking about, they like pick it apart in the video. Right, Watch well, him here's pop the up. Men's Health article. I was going to say, watch him pop up on gen, uh, the next generation iron. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. 
Um, it even talks about here. Let me. What are you doing? Here we go. All right. So yeah, let me share this screen. Um, I think it's this one. All right. So this is the actual like men's health article that talked about it. So, um, you know, this is white house are grilling up baby leaks. There's a leak in the boat. <laughs> um, yeah, see, look, so this, this is the reason he got, he got famous is because of his arm. He has like 26 inch arms or some shit, 24 inch. It says 24 inch biceps. That's not what's measured. It's just the circumference of his actual arm from peak of yeah. tricep to peak of bicep. Um, so it's 24 inches, which is, is, is along the same lines as like Ronnie Coleman. That's why he went so viral is because his arms are so massive. Um, so that, this is where, this is the, the reason for the article, all of that. Um, a lot of people, if you look at like his, uh, I like the videos kind of pulling it, pulling it apart. A lot of people down in the comments were like the vibe that he gave, gives off when he's talking about his food and all of that is very much, uh, is very much like making it up as he goes. Like it does mm. the vibe. It, it seems very almost like impromptu, like improvised. So, you know, it's very possible that he was just kind of making it up. And I guess like, I don't know if this is like his training <clears throat> for his arms, but yeah, five sets of 25 reps, each arm of seated curls. And then it's five sets of 25 reps, both arms of seated curls. But then it's forearm rope pulls, five sets of 25 pulls, each arm standing V-bar curls. Uh, four sets, 25 reps, hold inside of bar. Four sets of 25 reps, holding outside of the bar. This is just volume um, heavy. This is all this is. It's very, very volume heavy. Very much, yeah. Four sets of 12 reps, each for standing tricep, which is uh, 12 reps each arm. It's going to be alternating dumbbell curls, and then he goes immediately into crossover curls, um, which is just cross-body curls that nobody fucking does anymore. And then the third one is going to be hammer curls and then four sets of 15 reps of seated incline curls. Finally, one arm cable curls done as a drop set starting at 72 pounds. So he just probably does like a, uh, like a pump finisher at the end there. Can you but, scroll up just a little bit up to uh, the top of it? All right. Uh, yeah. All right. <clears throat> oh, uh, that's. Okay. Well, if you, if you count like the, if you disregard the, the, the unilateral movement and just consider one set instead of two sets, 28 yeah. sets in 90 minutes. Well, that's his arm workout alone. I don't know what his other routines are, but I mean, it depends on the sets. So like he, like some people say, okay, so like five sets of 25, the first three sets could be like pretty easy warm up sets. You know, they not, not, might not be really pushing it. Then like sets four and five are like to failure, you know? But also the other thing is like straight sets don't really make any sense. Very few people straight sets actually work on. So I wonder if like when he says five, five sets of 25, if he means like 18 to 25 or something, but like really he like aims for 25. Yeah. Like that's his goal. And if he doesn't reach it, then he marks that down, you know? Um, so I mean, that's, who knows like what his training actually looks like, but I mean, it's very possible to do that many sets in 90 minutes. Uh, 
the seated curls, like the the unilateral stuff is what would take so long because he's doing each arm and it's 25 reps, which is a fucking shit ton. So he could, I mean, I don't know. He he could do like one arm and while the that arm is resting, he does the other arm. Once that one's resting, he does the other arm. Yeah. Or he could alternate. Who knows? Who knows how he's doing it? But uh, yeah, it's it's this is a bit much, a bit too much volume. If it works for him, it works for him. I mean, clearly, clearly it fucking works for him. He's got enormous arms, so clearly it works for him. But the the food is what doesn't make any sense. I mean, his morning he starts his morning off with twelve to twenty four hard boiled eggs. Two are whole eggs, and the rest are egg whites. So it's a bunch of egg whites. How um, old is he? I just mentioned his age. Uh, he joined the army at 21. I don't know. It sh- I feel like it should. Thir- uh, 45. He's 45. 45. At least at the time of writing this article, which was uh, 2018. So he's 50 now. I don't know where he's at now. Uh, I think the video, let me see um the video on him so like this generation iron they posted it three years ago so 2020 so i think a lot of people were like picking it apart in 2020 probably Mm -hmm. when the video came out i don't know where the video is but um it, it didn't really surface or like this information didn't really surface for a few years after this article was written i wonder where he's at now (laughs) <laughs> well had... what time is it it's uh 10 37 so we know where he is <laughs> he's he's in the he's yeah, in the where, uh, <laughs> where is he he's about to have lunch mm-hmm. <laughs> two servings of beef with quinoa and he's on the east coast because of the white house if he still works there so yeah it's accurate he's about he's about to have lunch he's probably he's probably getting ready to cook it right now mm-hmm. if this is if this is remotely accurate if this timeline is remotely accurate this tab right here. And this tab is remotely accurate. So, who knows what he's up to? I have no idea. Um, but a little tangent there on Chef Rush. Um, can you imagine so meal your... prepping that? Oh, dude, that's a nightmare. <laughs> that is a nightmare. I mean, he, probably, hire... he might cook each meal fresh just because he's a chef. You know, he might enjoy cooking. You hire your own chef to meal prep all that because that takes a day to cook all of that. I mean, you know, that's why like meal prep companies exist, you know, is yeah. for shit like that. Like where you just, you spend, like you don't even, so like the the meal prep, the, the, the value that I'd see in our meal prep company is one of two things. Uh, one of two ways I've looked into it. So one, either you get like a certain meat, like pre-cooked and pre-seasoned all that, like chicken, you know, like. I, like I've looked into like the cost of chicken, you know, uh, pre-made because I just don't want to cook it. I'd rather have it seasoned well and I can enjoy it. Then there's also like you, if you had a sponsor, you could theoretically, or like if you had the money, you could theoretically have a meal prep company make all of your meals. That's a lot of money. Cause it's like eight to 12 bucks per meal. At least mm. it was just a shit ton, especially when we're talking about like at least four meals being meal prepped. Uh, cause like my first meal, and my last meal are like, just like egg whites and a piece of toast. I don't need to get that meal prepped, but 
the remainder of my meals, I could theoretically get pre meal prepped, but I think for me, the value would be like making a meal. Like my second meal of the day is, um, is basically just a chicken meal, right? It's chicken, um, and varying carbs, depending on whatever the plan calls for. So I get in that meal prep. So that way, all I got to do is just heat that up and I can go back to work because I work from home. So that's at like 11, 1130 is when I eat that. So I can just go heat that up, come back, sit down and enjoy a good meal that was cooked by a chef um, while working. Like that's what I would find value in is, is it's already ready for you. It would be like maybe like the same kind of meal timing, like 11 o'clock. It's already made. You can leave like five meals in a mini fridge in your class or something like that. That's underneath your desk or whatever. You know, something like that. That's what I would see as like the value isn't like every single meal. It's like the, the, the a, a meal that it, it, the value of time is better spent on something else than it is for cooking. That's always the balance I have to fight. Like I absolutely love the to end. Maybe I'm I'm in a probably a small portion of people who actually enjoy this, but I absolutely love fresh white rice. Like, I don't know what oh, yeah. it is, but of like. Course. Uh, like most people will be like, oh my God, white rice is so bland. Like, but I'm maybe it's because I've eaten so much like microwave kind of chunky old rice that just fresh white rice just hits. And I'm, you know, I'm constantly adding calories. So I add two tablespoons of olive oil to almost every single uh, rice based meal I eat. So it's even more like, I'm not going to call it soggy, but like it's, it's just more dense with liquid and it just, oh, that. Just because of that, I intentionally stopped prepping out my uh, post gym meal. My, um, I I really only prep one meal now. I only prep the meal that I take uh, to work with me each day. And granted, it's a big yeah. meal, but all my other meals now, I just I I cook them out because it's just I. <laughs> there's some when I mean you and I get it when we're on a meal plan. Like we tend to lose a lot of enjoyment in food and when you find little things to bring back just a little bit of enjoyment especially in a bulk like you 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 absolutely take the time for that so like my recent meal change has added more like uh, sausage based things into my diet and no oh god cook a fresh sausage like granted i break it up it's like little pieces so it's not like i'm eating a sausage by itself but having it broken up and just cooking it fresh every single time. I'll take the time to do that. I really will. So I, mm. I, I can understand that. That's something that I did during prep, especially when I had like such a little amount of food, mm. whatever food I wanted, I wanted to have either way. It was going to taste amazing because you, I was eating so little, but I'd, I'd cook it and season it properly every single time I had it so that I could enjoy it more, you know? Um, it's just that, that extra layer, but anybody who's had like a true, like force fed bulk mm. will know how annoying food can be and like how like unsatisfactory food is. So anything you can add to make it tasty, um, will go a mile, you know, it'll make a big difference in just your motivation alone. Um, like that was, so like my thing a long time ago when I was bulking was, Fridays I'd get, um, I had, well, when I was bulking pretty heavily, I'd get steak and rice, right? It was a steak and rice meal. So I'd get it from Chipotle, you get steak and rice, I get some vegetables on it. Um, and I'd wrap it in a tortilla. Should I have had the tortilla? No, 
but <laughs> it made me enjoy it. I was like, fuck, I actually look forward to this because I like the seasoning. I like the flavor, all of that. And then um, once a week, what I would do is so like every day I had six ounces of steak. So once a week I'd get ribeye and then I'd also cook it with a little bit of butter and just, just keep tossing the butter over it. Yep. And like that makes such a big difference in the flavor going from like lean sirloin that's just been sitting in the fridge for four or five days to like a freshly cooked ribeye with butter on it. Mm. Oh, it's night and day. It doesn't even seem like it doesn't even taste like it's from the same animal. It's ridiculous. So, I mean, and you know, I mean, you know, all of our friends are pretty much into meat, you know, like it's as far as like cooking goes. So uh, smoking and all that uh, smoking meat that is and dry aging, you know, I got a, I got a buddy who dry ages all that. So um, it's uh, it, it makes a big, big difference. And when you're in prep too, I can't even like I can't even explain what it's like to be in prep because your stomach is constantly growling, but because of that, you truly enjoy every single fucking meal you have. <laughs> like it's so weird to go from bulking where it's like, man, every meal sucks, to prep where like you're literally counting the minutes to when you can finally eat again. And I remember fighting this seasoning, so I couldn't have any salt anymore. And I remember or like not. I could have salt. I supplemented salt specifically. So I couldn't add salt from seasonings. So to get like no salt seasonings. And I found the seasoning for my, um, what was it? It was my, I think it was my eggs. And I'd put, I'd fry like on a pan, just with some Pam asparagus, throw that in my eggs that I'd scramble just, just egg whites, put that in there. And then I'd put, um, this like Italian seasoning I found from McCormick in there and holy shit <laughs> i like it was so damn good i look forward to it every single day um like the little stuff like that like the little italian seasoning was no salt which is so good so yeah you got to find what makes the food enjoyable to you again and fresh rice really does make a difference especially when you're bulking and like there's videos of especially in generation iron a lot of the bodybuilders in that will show like when they're bulking and they'll have like a fresh pot of rice every single day and they eat all the rice in the pot. You know, they've gotten it dialed into where, okay, this amount of water and this amount of dry rice equals exactly one day serving of rice. So they just cook it in the morning and just let it sit in the pot warm all day Yeah, and they'll scoop it out as needed. And that, I bet you that's amazing. I, I remember God, we, close to a year ago, one of your goals was to get to the point where you just have a pot, a pot of rice running all day. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. That'd be sick. <laughs> Granted, I wouldn't be able to do like my full, like I, my Instapot I have at home is like enormous. It's like three gallons or something, but you know, I would imagine a smaller one would be the one that I would need to use. But if I could have a fresh pot of rice every day, hell yeah, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, but how did uh, we didn't really touch upon it last week? Um, which and come find out, we only recorded forty minutes. We had a short episode last week. What yeah, well, it was all over the place. So yeah, it was all those. We, we made issues. do with what we had. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how did your twenty twenty three go? Like, what was the like? Where did you start? And where are you ending? You know, what's your consensus of your year? Yeah, well, 2023 was the year that I finally took the first serious step into the bodybuilding world, not at all claiming to be a bodybuilder, because I haven't stepped on stage. Paul and I have kind of made that like the requirement for if you're going to call yourself a bodybuilder, you have to have been on stage at some point. Um, but 
I took my first serious step and I picked up a coach and that was my first like, you know, serious step towards it. And we worked together for a good couple months. I mean, it was probably four months. Um, and you know, my just, I, I couldn't commit the time that I needed to, like I was missing meals. Then I was trying to, I was doing a cardinal sin and I was combining meals later in the day and just eating a giant meal. And it would just really mess up my digestion. And, um, I just, uh, I, I couldn't keep up with what the plan was in place because I just couldn't commit the time to it. Um, and you know, I had other priorities, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very career focused with my teaching and all that. So like, I just couldn't commit that time to it. Um, so the coach and I didn't work out. We're, we're still, you know, friends. He, uh, yelled something out his car to me the other day, um, just cause he recognized me, but, um, like we're like, we're on great terms. It just was, there's yeah. no amicability. It's just, just didn't work out. But, uh, that was my first serious step. And I, that, what, what that gave to me, um, it, it was twofold. One, my, I'm able to write myself meal plans that are just way more effective now. Like I, and, and my coach made this point to me when, um, I was his client. He said, he said about 90% of his clients, 10, 20 years down the line become coaches because you just, you absorb the information and you retain the information. And in the short couple months that I was with them, my understanding of nutrition, dieting, you know, how to actually create a bulk, how to get your body to adapt to the meals and the food and the diet, like all of that is stuff that I've retained. And like, I mean, I think uh, <laughs> there's been episodes where like you, you handle all of the like talking about anabolics and stuff, and then it gets handed over to me for, for the dietary stuff. And that's like just something that I've been able to really add to my repertoire. And like when I have, you know, I mm -hmm. interact with a lot of young adults, I'm, I'm a teacher. So a lot, especially a lot of young men who are trying to n probably not get into the bodybuilding world, but just get themselves to peak, whether it's athletic ability or just look as good as they can. And I am able to implement that understanding um, and give them, you know, different tactics that they can use. But overall, you know, that, that was the first thing. And then the second thing that I got was my training intensity. That was something that I had, you know, for me had always kind of lacked. I, I was a person who was training for like three hours in the gym. I mean, a year ago when we, or a little over a year ago, when we started this podcast, I was a PF user who uh, was in the gym for three hours. Good old days. And, <clears throat> yeah. And Granted, there are some things of long sessions that I still use in my in my training sessions today, but overall training intensity is where it's that I've really just completely changed my craft. And because of that, I see my own, you know, while they're small, but incremental changes in myself as I continue that training. Um, so not saying I'm anywhere near to being a coach, but there's just tidbits of information that and ways to convey that information that I had not had before that, you know, later down the line probably will be able to be very useful to me. Like if I want to, and especially like if I took it like lifestyle coaching, take bodybuilding aside, I could absolutely do lifestyle coaching just from the little bit of information I've, I've gotten from him. Um, 
in that span of time. So that's one thing. But then my my 2023 was riddled with injuries. I've I have not had as many injuries this past year as I have ever had. And I'm 25 now. So my recovery to major injuries is not what it was when I was, you know, 16, 17, 18. So, I mean, a combination of spraining or breaking each ankle, right one was broken, left one was sprained, both knees hyperextended. And I I don't go to the doctor for any kind of knee thing, which is Mm -hmm. probably not great, but there's a decent chance we had some kind of strain or tear in, in the knee. My right elbow was still in constant pain. Um, so just long standing injuries that, that really combated my ability to train. So I'm taking a big step back from athletics in 2024. Um, re- I'm really only doing, I'm only playing golf this upcoming year. I've mentioned to my girlfriend that I might play soccer with her, but that's a once a week uh, thing. And as long as I could get my ankles healthy, I'll do it. But realistically, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be training and playing golf. So my injuries should be far, far fewer and in between. Um, just because I want to see what a full year of training for me looks like. I <laughs> I had I had a full year of training when I started, but granted it was doing it all the wrong ways, you know? So now I'm focusing on what one year of just complete, um, what, what one year of complete training looks like for me. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. Um, and you know, from the just couple months that I've had these past few months, it's been crazy. Um, like the, the past lost few your months, first deck. Yeah, you're good. My connection was good, so I'm okay. still ripping. <laughs> oh, okay. The, the the past few months I've had, and this is also post, like I, I did, I guess I should mention also my first SARM cycle, and like yeah. I reacted incredibly well to LGD. That's my complete favorite. Rad 140 really didn't take with me. It didn't have like negative effects, but it just didn't show me the same results that I got from LGD. So... Um, when I hop back on in the new year, it's going to be a heavy LGD use, um, for a good three months and just push to the spring and then, you know, lean off in the spring and just look great in the summer. Um, you should, um, you should get trend your, (laughs) yes, no, but you should get, uh, your blood work. Yeah. You could even just do like basic, like testosterone and estrogen read you know, probably like 40, 50 bucks just to see where you're at. I would yeah. do it. If I could recommend anything, I would say I would do it now to get it done to see where you're at naturally before like, yeah. after everything. And then I would get it done in the middle of it to see what it does to you. If there's any difference, um, because you know, I feel pretty normal, even though my test is in the was at least was in the shitter. So, you know, even though you might feel normal you might not necessarily be normal. So I would just, I'll get it checked out to see where it's at and then see what it yeah. does to you in the middle of the cycle too. I'm curious. Yeah. And if it tanks, then I'll just, uh, I'll go full, full cycle and just, uh, just blow it to the ground and be on, uh, be on TRT the rest of my life. <laughs> so it's like three grams of test. Pretty normal. Is that a good, uh, good starting point? Like 10 mil every other day. Um, you know, I think it'd be good to know where everything's at during all of that. So you could just, you could just know at least. Um, yeah. But I think you'd be surprised also 
what you what you were saying about retaining the information, you'd be surprised. We've talked about this before, how little people do retain information uh, mm. when it comes to you know food and training and all of that. You know, I, I I try not to bombard my coach with questions. I do my own you know independent research. When I say research, I have to look up studies. I look up you know people, uh, doctors talking about certain things. Like when we I was looking up recently. Um, like for different fertility cycles we could do um, stuff like that. And what a lot of like endocrinologists say, what a lot of urologists say, cause like you got endocrinologists who focus on the hormone side of things, but then you got urologists who are also kind of like on the surgical side of things too. So it's like, mm -hmm. you got a good mix of both opinions. If you, if you look up both of those. So, you know, just like that kind of research does go a long way, which I think is also part of like us talking about on here is that naturally in order for us to talk about these topics, we do have to do research for you guys. So that also helps us retain information and talking about certain things too, does help us retain it as well. Um, and then also a lot of people just don't give a shit. If it works, that's all they care about, you know? So uh, for you, you actually wanted to learn those things. So that yeah, did. that's true. A lot of people don't, um, you know, I, and, and at the same time, you know, even if a lot of people could became coaches, there's, there's a big difference between a coach when you say like a lifestyle coach or like a, like a weight loss coach versus a bodybuilding coach. Those are two completely mm -hmm. different coaches. Um, it's like, you know, bodybuilding coaches. I think I, I would put like pretty much above any other coach parallel to like a powerlifting coach. Cause they're two different, two different disciplines, but they're like kind of at the same level. Um, but like, lifestyle coach and then it's like the weight loss coaches all of them are kind of below bodybuilding coaches because it's so much more complex because you're also talking about hormones and that's where i don't want to become a coach is i don't want to be a coach because of anabolics i don't want that liability so that could be a stopping point for a lot of people too you know just because somebody doesn't become a coach doesn't mean they didn't retain the information either um yeah so you just retain it because you want to uh not everybody does um but you also learned with your coach kind of what it takes you know that's true to get yeah. into bodybuilding and i actually had a conversation exactly yesterday literally yesterday friday with my coach because i posted like kind of like a recap of my 2023 year i kind of showed where i started kind of showed where i ended as far as like lean goes so i showed like all the way up to my show and then i showed like a few weeks after my show um i haven't showed since you know i didn't show anything since then because it's just been a health phase i haven't had that presentable physique but um, he goes, he goes, I just realized, you know, retrospectively that I kind of dieted the fuck out of you. Like we kind of went too hard on the diet and he's like, I think I was just too focused on trying to get your abs to show and therefore like flattened you out everywhere else. And I was like, yeah, we learned some lessons from this one, but you know, I learned a lot of things. You, we both learned a lot of things, but at the same time, I know I have the strength and tenacity in order to achieve, you know, a win in bodybuilding because like that's like what i went through for prep is as worse as it gets you know so if i know i could go through that then i can go through any prep and like that's also why i think like alex in your case was like if you can't do this right now it's not the right time yeah because it's like this is the bare bones is the basic stuff so if you don't want to put the time towards it right now which i actually respect him for he's like there's no point in continuing because you're not going to be able to effectively and, take advantage of it and that's know? what i mean like i'd much rather a person give like he 100 percent could have kept me going and taken like made money off me and all of that yeah but the, like he actually wanted what's best for me 
and what's best for me wasn't doing that. At the any time. good coaches like that. Yeah, exactly. And they'll also any good coach will say, look, like my previous coach before my coach now was like, look, he's like, my goal isn't to keep you as a client forever. He's like, my goal is to get you to the point where you learn so much or like I could teach you as much as I know. He's like, that's my goal is to teach you as much as I know. And then I want you to then branch off to someone else. He's like, because there's going to be a point where, you know, you outgrow my information, my knowledge. And he's like, I would, I'm not going to take it personally when you go to somebody else because it's what's best for you. And if we're at the point where, you know, you're as far as you can go with me, then you got to take it to the next step. And that's kind of what like, you know, like my coach did, you know, he was with his coach for a long time. And then he said, his coach was like, look, this other coach right here, he's better fit for what you need. He's like, he's, he's going to really take you to the next level. And here he is now professional, hopefully getting ready to compete in 2024 again in a pro show. So like, that's a good coach. You know, it's a good, I mean, you know, he's not the best coach for everybody. I already know some stuff about him, but not my coach, the other, my coach's previous coach, but anyways, he's not the best coach for everybody, but it's a good thing that a coach can do that because it's not about the coach. It's about you, you know? All that the coach can do is help you get to where you want to go. It's about you. It's not about the coach. Um, so it's a good thing that the Alex is like that too. It's, it also says a lot about, you know, what he would do. You know, if you were like, hey, let's do the top one cycle or something like if you guys are like ready for well, that, you and, would know that he's truthful about it and not going to pump you full of shit. And that's ultimately what comes down to as well is that like in, you know, if if I ever get myself to a point where I can fully commit like I'm, I'm on like the gradual, like slow grind, just based on like what I can do, like currently. But if I ever get to the point where I can fully commit, my relationship with him is still so good, and the way he handled the, or how we both handled the the breaking way, like splitting up ways, incentivizes me to go back to him and knowing exactly what you said that he won't put me on anything until. Like you, you all, you often mention reaching your natural peak before ever touching anything. And he would he not can. allow anybody to touch something until they reach that point. Like I know mm-hmm. another one of his clients that I don't work out with them anymore because I'm not an empire, but looks phenomenal. Like, I mean, like he's not huge, but like for natural bodybuilding looks phenomenal. And my understanding the first time I met him was that he was on some kind of gear and I had a conversation. It was a one-off conversation. He was like, yeah, uh, coach is prepping me to hop on. And it, it was just phenomenal to see his physique and then realize that. And I had every reason to believe him because it was Alex as the coach. If it was a different mm-hmm. coach, you know, I don't know the guy, but because I knew the coach, I was believing that he was truthful. And it's just crazy to see like how much time and dedication he would put forth before ever considering anything. Yeah. I mean, something I've also, I've also said to keep in mind too, is that everybody responds, everybody's genetics are different too. So like you could have phenomenal natural genetics, but then he takes gear and it's really not much difference, you know? So it doesn't work for everybody. Gear doesn't, transform you every day and that's why i send you those like average gear user because the average gear user <laughs> is a pretty normal looking dude um so you know he might take gear and his physique could literally deteriorate which it's it's been seen before where 
like, you know, Derek more plays more dates. We'll talk about it. He had a video once where this guy looked great genetically, just naturally, like just looked phenomenal. Took gear, got tons of acne, put on tons of water, like lost a lot of strength. Like he just, his physique literally deteriorated because of gear usage, you know? So it's not made for everybody. Sometimes you just have such a good natural genetics. It's like, dude, honestly, just stay natural. Like yeah. if you look that good, I'd be like, just compete naturally, dude. Honestly, like you're at that level where, you could compete naturally. Will you step on the Olympia stage? No, but hmm. would you be at the top of the game in the natural world? Absolutely. Would you be able to live a longer life? Yes. Would you ever have any fertility or testosterone issues when you're 50 years old? No. You know, it's if you could do it naturally, do it naturally. So that's what I say. In his case, gear could ruin it for him, but who knows? You know, and that's what Alex is going to help with. Yeah. So, but I mean, I think that it was a good year for the both of us. I think we both learned a lot ultimately. Um, and I'm glad that you went through what you went through because you, you learn kind of what it takes and now you know what to expect going into it when you do get to that point. If you do, if you do decide to get to that point. And my, my recovery men mentality and understanding is more than anybody should have. <laughs> so like, <laughs> it's beyond what you I, need. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good there. <laughs> yeah. You got that covered at least. Nobody has that though. <laughs> but I think that's a good place for it to call it a day for us to call it a day. Um, we appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back. Uh, we'll see you guys next year. Gay Lewis, eight four four, Walmart signing off. <laughs> Duke anniversary. <laughs> um, but all right, well, we'll we appreciate you guys listening. Um, remember to check out our website, hehcast.com. Uh, we always got our episodes up on that YouTube, HEH podcast. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple, all of that. So check us out anywhere you'd like. Our videos are up on Spotify and up on YouTube. So if you guys wanted to ever watch us shoot the shit, uh, you can go on there. But other than that, we will see you guys later. Thanks for listening. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Yeah.